Hello everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Galatians Video Commentary. I'm so glad you decided to join us again. Uh, last week, uh, we spoke about a new creation identity. We, we spoke about how because of Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, new creation is here in the midst of the old creation and how we are to be shaped by this future new reality in the present time. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the gospel-shaped identity. Well, let's turn our Bibles to Galatians chapter 1 and pick up the reading in verse 6. I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. So what is the gospel? And that's what we're going to look into today. We're going to look at the word gospel from both the Old Testament or the Jewish Bible's perspective, as well as how the word was used in the first century setting. So let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah 52 and start reading in verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring the gospel of good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen. Your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy when the Lord returns to Zion. They will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. So quick backstory of Isaiah 52. God's people, Israel, they are in exile in Babylon. And so with that piece of information, let's read again slowly Isaiah 52. So picking up in verse 7, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. So what is the good news that's being brought forward? That there's peace, salvation, that God reigns. And let's, let's continue reading in verse 8. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. And what are they saying? When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. And in verse 9, burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. Why? For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. So the gospel, the good news, is the royal proclamation. Well, what is the proclamation? It's a royal proclamation of real-time event. And as in something is happening because of which everything is going to be different. So if you can summarize how the word gospel or good news is used in these verses, good news is royal proclamation of an event. God is king. He's bringing redemption, victory. He's defeating his enemies, and in this case, specifically Babylon. And that a new world where God's people will be free and have peace will be created. 
So how is the word gospel used in the Roman world of the first century? So here's an inscription from Priene um, dated around 9 BC. And here's what it says. It says, since providence, which has ordered all things and is deeply interested in our life, has set in most perfect order by giving us Augustus, whom she filled with virtue that he might benefit humankind, sending him as a savior, both for us and for our descendants, that he might end war and arrange all things. And since he, Caesar, by his appearance, excelled even our anticipations, surpassing all previous benefactors and not even leaving to posterity any hope of surpassing what he has done. And since the birthday of the God Augustus was the beginning of the gospel or good tidings for the world that came by reason of him. And then the, it carries on from there. Now this was an inscription, uh, it's like a birthday card given to him. Imagine getting this as your birthday card. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? But notice how the word gospel was used. It's again a royal proclamation. And so people in the first century, when they heard the word gospel or even savior, who are they thinking of? Augustus. So here's a quick backstory of how Octavian slash Augustus came to power. Now he had a power struggle with Mark Antony and he won. And again, what we looked at previously, the gospel as a royal proclamation of real-time event. And again, the real-time event is Octavian defeating Mark Antony. And because of that, Octavian slash Augustus is king. He defeated his enemies, in this case, Mark Antony, and a new world where people will be free and experience peace of Pax Romana. So again, notice how the gospel is a royal proclamation of something that's happened because of which the world is now a different place. That's how the word gospel was used in the first century, both in the biblical sense, but also in the first century Roman uh, culture. Now, with that background, let's turn to Galatians chapter 1 and start reading from verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said now, I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse curse. So again, let's go back to the understanding of gospel, both from the biblical perspective as well as the first century Roman perspective. Gospel is royal proclamation of a real-time event. What's the real-time event? Jesus is king. He defeated his enemies, the present evil age, 
and a new world has been created, new creation, where his people are free and have peace. So how did Jesus conquer? Now, this is the real key point. Because how did Octavian slash Augustus conquer? Well, war, killing, right? How did Jesus conquer? Let's turn to Galatians chapter 2 and pick up the reading in verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is how our King Jesus conquered. He gave himself. Instead of conquering with sword and violence, he actually allowed the worst to be done to him. And in his resurrection, he is the rightful king of the universe. Again, the gospel is a royal proclamation of real-time event where the king conquers and opens up a new world. And in this case, new creation. And that is the gospel. When we say the gospel, we have to be specific with saying the gospel of King Jesus. Why? Because it's the good news, the royal proclamation of King Jesus event. Whereby he conquers the present evil age and he unleashes new creation. And thereby his people can now experience peace. Now going back to Galatians 1 verse 6 we see that there is a group of people who are preaching something else, another gospel. We'll study that out next week. But this week, we just want to focus on what is the gospel? What does that actually mean? Is it a type of music? Is it just good news that I can now go to heaven? And as we see, both from the Jewish Bible, but also from the, the way the word was used in the first century, in first century Rome, gospel is a royal proclamation of real-time event. The king is here and the king has conquered his enemy and has now opened up a new world in which people can live differently. That is how the word gospel was used in the first century. And that's exactly what the gospel of King Jesus means. King Jesus has conquered death, conquered present evil age, and has now unleashed new creation, a new world where his people can live freely, in peace, proclaiming the kingship of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want to leave us with. Lived loyalty, gospel-shaped identity, gospel King Jesus-shaped identity results in lived loyalty. Again, think back to Octavian slash Augustus becoming king. Now, you can't say that uh, you live in his, in his kingdom and not obey Caesar uh, Augustus. I mean, that's impossible, right? You're going to be in big trouble, um, including a loss of your own life. Now, in the same way, when we live under the kingship of Jesus, we display lived loyalty to King Jesus. What shapes my identity? Let's close out here. What shapes my identity? Does the gospel, King Jesus, the royal proclamation of real-time event, shape my identity? Do I allow the gospel, King Jesus, royal proclamation of real-time event to shape my identity? I really hope that the gospel of King Jesus can shape our identity.